What's up, queens? It's your host, Ro. Do you like female dating strategy? Would you like to see us expand on a lot of different platforms? Then please sign up for our Patreon. We are currently targeting a $10,000 per month goal, which would allow us to work full-time on female dating strategy content in order to expand on different platforms and upgrade our media presence. As a special thank you to our current Patreon subscribers, we will be increasing our upload rate for our bonus content to be weekly on Fridays, as well as offering a special discount for paid annual memberships so please check out our patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy that's patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy thank you let's start the show what's up queens welcome to the female dating strategy podcast the meanest female only podcast on the internet i'm your host ro and this is savannah and i'm lilith and this week, we will be discussing the 16 rules of misogyny. And so the rules of misogyny are the unspoken ways in which men seek to belittle, control and abuse women. And they're essentially a form of patriarchal gaslighting. The rules of misogyny was written by a second wave feminist named Rose, who was in her 70s. And she basically put the rules together to help women recognise and name the different ways um, that misogyny manifests in society. So let's kick off with rule number one. Uh, so, so rule number one, it states that women are responsible for what men do. Yeah, I mean, every anytime a man does anything bad, they're like, oh, well, how could a woman be at fault? Yeah, I think this rule is pretty self-explanatory and there are several examples of where uh, women have been blamed either directly or indirectly for men's poor behaviour. So for, for number one, it's more like um, if your husband cheats on you, then it's because you aren't having sex with him enough, right? Or something like that. So to relate the 16 rules of misogyny to kind of frame it in the context of FDS, part of the reason why FDS has... Uh, really expanded just from talking about straight dating techniques into broader cultural critique is because so much of uh, the messaging that we get around our relationships is uh, in this framework of misogyny. And a lot of this misogyny comes from different messaging that we get as, as young women, um, either through media or through our parents or through religion or whatever kind of social circle that you have. So I think by talking about these rules of misogyny, we can really see how the application of that affects our relationship. Um, so I think the example we talked about where women are often blamed for men's cheating, um, that there's some kind of shortcoming in, in women and that their inability to control men's behavior is somehow a shortcoming of women. Yeah, but also if a woman does anything to try to control his behavior, she's blamed for being controlling. So. Right. So no win like, situation. No matter, no matter what happens, it's always a woman's fault. <laughs> yeah, the rules shift real time to make sure that we always lose, right? That's the thing. Like Sometimes in one conflict, you might have multiple rules of misogyny in play at once. Uh, yeah, Because it's just yes. this constantly shifting goalposts, right? Yeah. And the, in the words of the great DJ Khaled, they don't want you to win. <laughs> So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> They're haters. Men are just haters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you say this a lot um, with, you know, rape or sexual assault, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm reading uh, Jessica Taylor's book, Why Women Are Blamed for Everything. And it's just blowing my mind how there's so many myths around rape and sexual assault that lead women not only to 
not only is all of society blaming women, but women often blame themselves if they're sexually assaulted. You know, she was wearing the wrong thing or, you know, she led him on or, you know, whatever it is to avoid. It's They never put the responsibility on the man to not rape, right? Right. It's almost like seen as a given that men are going to try to rape you and it's your fault for not preventing it. (laughs) And it's really the only crime that's like that because every other crime puts the majority of the blame on the actor and not the victim. So rape is actually an atypical type of the way that rape at least is treated in the legal system is actually atypical for most crimes. So like if someone gets robbed, for example, right. Um, they're not going to be like, well, you know, were you giving signals that maybe you wanted them to take your Rolex or something? Exactly. Like, um, you shouldn't have bought the Rolex in the first place, but it's your fault if you then got robbed, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, it's the only crime where the victim is the one that has to kind of prove their innocence. It's often in court when a woman is, uh, it, it's, even though it's the man who's on trial, often it's the woman who is being grilled. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Or her credibility is being attacked. All right. Rule number two. A woman saying no to men is a hate crime. Let's talk about it. Let's pull over on because this one. <laughs> this pullover. Put on your flashers and your hazards and pull between the cones. Because <laughs> this is one of the rules of misogyny. I think FDS in particular is always from get, the most. <laughs> suffers from the most. And we're always getting antagonized, not even just by men, but by like other women and feminists about like creating boundaries as a hate crime, having sexual standards as eugenics. There's sort of a, a weird narrative that gets pushed around uh, the concept of women making any type of moves to benefit themselves and it's always seen as some kind of um, personal uh, affront or like antagonistic uh, behavior towards men as if like us having any type of standards is literally expressing like hatred towards them. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. just look at this double standard and how the manosphere is treated versus FDS. I mean, recently, I think people are getting behind the idea that the manosphere is toxic. Even after people, after they kill people, they're like, oh, but Jake Davison was lonely and sad. Maybe if women gave him a chance, he wouldn't have murdered people. Like, that kind of shit, okay? So, yeah, that, I mean, that goes back to rule one. Like, you know, when incels murder people, it's women's fault for not fucking them. Yeah. Um, when women, you know, on FDS, we say, like, the worst that will do to a man is, like, break up with him, right? And, <laughs> right? And that's seen as, like, abusive or controlling or coercive or whatever. Let me re- remind you, coercion is, you know, using threats or force to get something uh, or using violence to get or threatening violence to get something. Um, like, women have the right to set a standard for what kind of behavior they expect in a relationship. And if you don't meet that behavior, th- she, we have every right to break up with you. And that's for some reason seen as violence. Yeah. You have a complete and total freedom about what you do with your vagina. That's a basic human right. Yeah. Yeah. Pussy is not charity. I will literally, I want to get this on a t-shirt. Pussy is not charity. It's not equal opportunities. It It is not like pussy is not a socialist endeavor. You don't have to give it out to people who are down on their luck, who can't afford it, who don't have any, who will never get any. This is not how pussy works. Yeah. We're against (laughs) sexual communism. Fuck sexual communism. (laughs) 
Yeah, we're, we're against sex being looked at as a service that we provide to people rather than like sex is something we just do because it makes us feel good. That's the problem with the like entire discussion about like sex being a service or sex work being work. Again, making sex into a service that women perform for other people is men inherently <laughs> misogynist, right? Yeah. Instead of saying this is something I do solely for my own pleasure. You know, I've alluded to the fact that, or I've you know said in in previous episodes that the term you know withholding sex is just it's just so rapey because ultimately you know you withhold something that the other person is entitled to, so you can withhold housing or their wages or something like that. You don't withhold sex because men are not entitled to sex. Yeah. So, uh, so you're not withholding anything from them. Um, you're just choosing not to have sex with you're them. choosing not and you to right, and you have the right to make that choice because we have bodily autonomy too pussy is not charity yeah nobody's saying there needs to be some kind of legal standard or something like that where it would be like coercive it'd be coerced through the state it's just you have free individual choice and your individual choice for who you have sex with is probably the most important right that a woman can have number three women speaking for themselves are exclusionary and selfish if FDS received a pound for every time a male scrote was in the comments saying, as a guy, or if only you allowed men onto your subreddit to comment, you would have a much better discussion, we would be millionaires. They, hey, I yeah. think a huge part <laughs> of the reason why FDS is so hated on Reddit is because we do not allow men. We don't allow them to say you know, you know, as a guy or, um, you know, as a male, I think this, even if, you know, what they're saying is in support of FDS, we don't allow them in for a very, very good reason. And we get called toxic in an echo chamber put that purely because we have understood that when you allow men into certain spaces, it completely changes the conversation or the flow of conversation. And it often ends up becoming like so many of the other so-called female only spaces on Reddit. Just if you say anything about male pattern behavior, you have to do a massive paragraph prefacing how, oh, by the way, it's not all men. It's not all men. I get that. It's not all men who do this. And men also go through the same. But as a woman, I'm disgusted by the high instances of rape, for example. You have to preface everything. And even then, you'll still get dickheads in the comments saying, as a guy, I go through the same thing and it's just as bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm just imagining what would FDS be like if we allowed men to comment. Here's what would happen. And we know what... Because way, way back in the early days, men could comment on FDS and it was bad like it was just a ton of trolls and, and this was like prehistoric fds yeah prehistoric fds and so women would um like reply back to them and it would just be this like back and forth it was just this very um like people say that we're negative now but like holy shit what is it ever negative when men were allowed to comment right it was just very combative yeah because all they would do is like take contrarian positions, derail the thread, make it about them. Even if they were sympathetic, they would make it about them, insert their opinion on stuff nobody asked about. Like it was just, it's just impossible to have a conversation where you're trying to have a conversation about experiences women have without men like inserting something they want to talk about for themselves. Yeah. Like anytime that any space where men are allowed to participate, they end up dominating, right? Yes. Yes. Even Ask Women, though, even our Ask Women 
uh, technically, uh, I think it's supposed to be by women for women, but men still sometimes comment on there and it still gets derailed. Yeah. So, you know, women speaking for themselves are exclusionary and selfish. You know what? I'd rather be exclusionary and selfish than allow every single conversation that's supposed to be beneficial to women be derailed by shitty men. So... And there are so many of the subreddits that were supposedly for women. I think there was a subreddit for women who were um, who didn't feel confident about having um, like a smaller chest, and they eventually had to abandon the subreddit because it was found that is it small boob problems? Uh, I think so. Yeah, but it was actually found that the subreddit was being run by a man who had a fetish for big boobs. Like it was a, no, was it a small boob humiliation fetish or something like that? It wasn't a humiliation fetish. It was essentially a subreddit where women with small boobs would just like vent their frustrations or, you know, try to find, you know, like-minded women who understood the challenges that having a smaller chest would bring. But what they didn't realise for a very long time was that the sub had actually been taken over by a man who had a fetish for big boobs. So he he sort of turned it into a small boob humiliation sub, but but they didn't know that because it wasn't it wasn't known that he was the moderator. Yeah. The man, basically. So this is what they do. And even our feminism, like why have you got men on the mod team? Yeah. And men who were actually sympathetic to men's rights activists, right? Because it's yeah. not even just that, it's, that there's men on there, it's that they were literally anti-feminists at one point, at least men uh, sympathetic to men rights men's rights activists and actually pushing back on Reddit when they were trying to get rid of a lot of the um, like jailbait and pedobait type porn that was on the site. So this is not us just saying this. This is actually documented on Reddit. I think BuzzFeed even did an article about it because it was so blatant that the feminist subs are being run by men's rights activists. So a lot of people who might be Googling and discussing feminism or wanting to discuss feminism on Reddit would probably go to these subreddits and then like be filled with a bunch of ideas that doesn't have shit to do with feminism or yeah. uh, only a one-sided very very controlled I- like pro-male idea of feminism like they would promote like sex work is work like porn is empowering like very like pro-male feminism for men basically like the talking points that men benefit from and furthermore and that's why those subreddits are not active (laughs) i mean that's the other uh yeah they stifle conversation between women they stifle conversation and and i think it's interesting because we get accused of always like stifling conversation on on our subreddit but quite frankly i think we're probably one of the most active female subreddits especially for our size i mean we're we're just as active uh as as subreddits that have like two to three times the membership that we have and and above the membership that we have. And a lot of that is because like, it's a lot of women actually being able to speak freely without the interference of men versus these other subreddits where it's so heavily controlled that turns a lot of women off that eventually like they just get bored and leave or frustrated and leave. So I actually don't think even with our flare system that we're actually the most heavily moderated sub or our conversation is the most heavily moderated on Reddit. Yeah. No, I think we're ranked like 2000 something for subscriber count and 500, uh, around 500 for comments per day. So that means that basically we're way more active than our size would, than what our subscriber count would indicate. And we delete half of our comments because half of them get caught in Automod. So consider that we're really, really active, not even including the comments we get from 
the shit post comments that never get through or, or people that uh, are good commenters, but we just never get around to flaring them. Right. So we're really, really active. Yeah. But anyways, back to like the point about women speaking for themselves or exclusionary and selfish. Like it's pretty much a given that whenever men speak, they're going to be advancing a narrative that benefits themselves. Um, yes. And so w- as women, we need to be aware that when you're dealing with someone who is completely one-sided and only cares about themselves, when you try to be fair and inclusive to somebody like that, you're, you're going to get fucked. Like you're, <laughs> you're just going to be a sucker every single time. Right. I don't know if you've ever like argued with a narcissist, if you've ever been in a relationship with a narcissist and they want things to be exactly their way, like my way, the highway, they want to dominate you. And you're trying to go into that conversation being like fair and acknowledging both perspectives and they just don't feel empathy for you. So they don't care, give a shit about your perspective. Um, so yeah, like you're never going to be able to uh, be, f- you know, have a 50 50 or fair exchange with someone like that. The only mm. thing you can do is leave and only participate. Like, th- and that's why women, we like having spaces for ourselves. Like, that's why we like having female only spaces so that we don't have to deal with men who want to control the conversation. Yeah. And, and you don't have to deal with people who just don't get it. Like, you know, men will never understand a lot of the experiences that women have in dating. So, so the fear that comes with dating in a way. So even when you, you rock up to a date, the safety measures that women take, you know, you have a designated contact. You Every time a woman has a date, she's like, hmm, am I going to get murdered today? You know, like yeah, that's exactly. a genuine concern. All those <laughs> steps that we, that we go through and you know they just don't understand that so and having to explain so many times it's you know to some you know basic concepts to people outside the group because they don't understand what it's like it's just exhausting and it just it's just yeah so we are exclusionary and proud (laughs) we're proud of it anyways Uh, number four uh, women's opinions are violence against men Thus, male violence against women is justified. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very interesting watching men backtrack about freedom of speech when it comes to FDS in general. But um, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, they're all pro freedom of speech when it's talking about wanting to when it comes to porn or like wanting to rape and attack women and shit. But then when women are like, I like it when men pay for dates, they're like, this is hate speech. It must be taken down. Yeah. <laughs> And then saying we're responsible for incel violence, like incels haven't been around for like a decade plus before FDS got here. It's not even, I think incels, I mean, their ideology is so, so widespread. I mean, even though um, we, I think we've only seen incel shootings in the past maybe 30 years, if um, we count instances like Virginia Tech, yeah. Um, Incel ideology has been around for a very, very long time. Like men have always felt entitled to having a woman in their life. I mean, this rule four is related to rule one, which is that women are blamed for what the bad things that men do. Um, You know, back when it was legal to beat your wife, for example, they would say, well, you know, have you been nagging him a lot or have you been, you know, annoying him or whatever, right? So if a man beat his wife, it would be seen as her fault for annoying him or something. So yeah, that um, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the bonus content to the Josh Duggar 
the one about Josh Duggar. Um, mm-hmm. And I shared this there about how um, when I had a family member that was experiencing uh, domestic violence, one of the things that was said to her was like, well, you're trying to be a career woman and you're like usurping your husband's authority and all types of victim <sighs> blaming for her not like oh uh, for for her just having her own life and her own opinions. Right. So um, I don't know that they were intentionally trying to like justify the violence, but the idea behind the, uh, the advice or the counseling that was given was that like, you have to play your godly submissive role as a wife because um, if you don't want to get beat. Yeah. I mean, essentially, but also like, that's the role that God ordains for you. And like, you can cover your husband and like inspire him to be better and all this kind of stuff. So it's still putting the blame and the majority of the responsibility on women to, um, basically just go inside of themselves, not be honest about who they are, like give it up to God, never express the way they feel, just sit around praying in like a corner by themselves with their husband gets better. Right. And the idea is like, you can't ever express those things directly to men because then it's like, you're, you're making, you're, you're becoming like the masculinized person in the house. There's this all types of way where this kind of mentality feeds into some of the pathology around relationships. And that's why FDS, we do all of this anonymously because as we said in the Patreon episode about the Plymouth shooter, uh, if men knew who we were in real life, they would hunt us down. Yeah. They think that if, they literally say, I've seen posts saying that um, I can't wait to hear a story about an FDS member doing domestic violence against her male partner and accusing us of promoting violence against men because, and even though we've never done that and we no. remove those kinds of comments all the time, even though fucking incels try to make sock puppet accounts and say that shit all the time. I mean, our, our hope is to get so big and bad, they can't do shit about it. So, I mean, the thing, the thing about it is like success kind of insulates you from some of this, right? Like the idea of it being, also puts a bigger target on your back. True. I mean, but they can't get all of us, ladies. <laughs> they can't mow us all down. <laughs> we'll still be hated, but whatever. Yeah, like me, you, the three of us will definitely be hated, like forever, probably. <laughs> and they could die mad. <laughs> like, I saw one comment on Reddit, like, oh, at the end of their podcast, they told tell them to die mad. And Jake Davidson did exactly That's that. Right. I, was like, I, was, I was like, do you really think the Plymouth Sheet listened to the FDS podcast? Really? Probably not. It is absurd because it, it, it is more or less telling them, like, we're not going to shut up. We're not going to change our opinions. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not going to do anything to make you feel better. And uh, how you feel about it is your problem. It's also another example of just how um, our detractors, you know, we're somehow everything and nothing at the same time. So they'll say, oh, FDS is just full of angry cat ladies who are in their, you know, 40s and 50s. You know, no one listens to them. They're just an extremist group. On the other hand, it's all our fault if, you know, men go on a shooting spree and kill themselves. Yeah. How, like, both statements can't be true. (laughs) It kills me that we can be so small and yet so big at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, we're not, as far as influencers, like, we have, what, like, 4,000 Twitter followers and, like, uh, the sub is not even 200k yet. Yeah. I mean, one of the um, parts of fascism is making your enemy to seem really weak, but also very strong at the same time. So, you know, like Hitler would be like, oh, like the Jews control everything, blah, blah, blah. But also... Um, but then they're y- mention at the same time. 
But like, yeah, subhuman. and then calling them like subhuman at the same time, right? Yeah. How can they control everything and, you know, be secretly pulling the strings of everything behind the scenes and still be like subhuman at the same time? Like, how could you? They're threatened by our ideas. That's the thing. They're trying to squash the idea because yeah. they know if it wa- if it becomes popular, a lot of them are fucked. And it's sad because <laughs> this, what, what makes it sad is like, it's not even like we're saying things that are horribly unattainable for the average man right like we're really just trying to bring the average up it's not that we're saying they're like no i'm gonna have to wash my ass and right like, spend money on days <laughs> buy a bed frame <laughs> oppression travesty that's why like most men who aren't like these creepy incel guys listen to us and then watch our 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 Reddit page and then be like, ha ha. And then click out and go like do whatever the hell they were doing because nothing there is actually that unreasonable. <laughs> it's yeah. just like these really like uh men who just think that basic hygiene standards are impossible. They're just, uh, they're offended at that women have sexual preferences, but I'm like, the only reason you're offended is because you're not used to hearing it. Like, because you don't meet them as well. But sometimes they do and they just feel like, well, I'm a high value man because I meet one of these standards, right? Like they, especially the guys <laughs> on like, <laughs> On big dick problems. <laughs> but it's like, you could just feel like when, I really love it when they like make posts about how FDS is unreasonable. They'll always start with like, so FDS wants a guy who's over six feet, makes six figures and has a six inch plus dick. So then if we look at, if we look at all the statistics, there's only 11% of the population that does this. That's why you should lower your standards. <laughs> And you can literally feel the tears like coming out and like dropping onto the keyboard as they start going through how it's impossible for us to find this mythical unicorn that is 666, even though it is, we've never stated that a guy has to be 666 to be high value. I think we have like one post that says that, but again, like they act like that is the, a lot of women on FDS have said that for them personally, they don't require that, but that, no. um, like there are some women who do require that and we're not going to standard shame them, of course, but no. um, like, you, you know, you could have one out of three or two out of three and probably still be fine. But more importantly is, you know, your character and, you know, how you treat women and spending money on them is part of treating women well. And furthermore, even if it's all that, like, why do you care so much? Like, yeah, there's exactly. other men that go out and they're like, I want a girl that has like double D cups and itty bitty waist and like an impossibly large booty. And I'm like, damn, that sucks. I'm not but like also, that. she has to be natural and not have plastic surgery. She has to be, it has to be all natural. But I'm not like, everybody needs to change their sexual preferences to me specifically, right? Like, <laughs> you just sort of accept that some men like that, right? I don't know. <laughs> You're, I'm entitled for you to be sexually attracted to me. And if you're not sexually attracted to me, you're a, you're a hater and you're a hate crime, you know? <laughs> or, you, or you're into eugenics. Men get so offended by the, like, health at every size, you know, or the fat positivity stuff, right? Like, they say, like, the feminists are trying to propaganda us into dating fat women. Like, I, you know, don't want to date a woman who's obese, blah, blah, blah. And yet, like they don't seem to think that women should be able to exact those same standards onto them. And it's like, die mad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyways, we kind of got off track there, but yeah, it was all wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed that. (laughs) Yeah. It's cathartic. (laughs) Good quality content. Um, so on to number five, a women and feminism must be useful to men or they are worthless. Now let's pull over here. I am going to pick a bone here. Stop the bus! <laughs> Stop the Emergency bus. Emergency brakes! 
I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up liberal feminism here and give it a mini drag on this episode because liberal feminism is popular with men because it does not require any true analysis or change in behavior. You could literally like like literally anything a woman anything does is feminist. It's yeah. feminist. And this allows men to say they are feminist, but still perpetuate extremely, extremely misogynist views and actions. And this the reason and and the reason why um like liberal feminism has been able to get off the ground and be in you know politics and in society is because it doesn't challenge men at all it doesn't challenge them to change their behavior and it encourages women to conform to patriarchal expectations yeah they change they change only in so far as they figure out it can benefit them right meaning like adding women to the workforce created a, another population of of exploitable labor right that they still mm. underpay so yeah the way that they still get men to adopt certain aspects of feminism is they show they still you know feminism benefits men too and patriarchy is is hard on men too so like they try to negotiate and reason with them and then what men do is they cherry pick the aspects of feminism that actually benefit them like sex work is uh or uh sex work is feminist and positive right uh i'm supporting women by like purchasing only fans or uh, yeah or or uh, adding women to the workforce um uh, creates a better a consumer base for them, which, you know, women are still locked out of industries with the most power and the positions with the most power regularly, right? Where like a lot of times just really easily exploitable labor. So um, I don't know. I, I've been really like reading into um, how feminism is done in some other countries. And uh, some other countries have more of the idea that like women have specific needs and that like these specific needs need to be accommodated because we are 51% of the population, not that we need to confirm to men or appeal to men or that everything that we do needs to somehow benefit men. Like it can't, like, I kind of don't like that our feminism, at least in the States is not as selfish as it needs to be. Meaning like, bitch, we make all the people. So we need society to support our goals as much as it supports men's. And that's just yeah. it. We don't need to justify it. We don't need to like even say like how much it, it's going to benefit men to do it. Like I don't even like, I hate that I have to give a sales pitch to men to justify why I need something as a woman. You know what I mean? Let, I, I have a bit about the whole sales pitch thing. Yeah. So in sales, one of the things that you learn, and, and I talked about sales a bit in the communication episode. Um, in sales, you want to appeal to something that is important to the other person. So let's say like you're talking to a customer and like you get the impression they're very like time sensitive. They want things done quickly. You'd say, oh, like my product or service like saves you time or something like that. Right. Um, But it doesn't work with feminism because what ends up happening is it turns feminism into a product. And that means that it has to be marketable and it ends up undermining its original goals. Like feminism or female advancement is not something that is not supposed to benefit men. Uh, like men benefit from patriarchy. And so by definition, we're advancing, we want something that's not beneficial to men. So, or at least not beneficial to a large portion of them. It is beneficial to some men. And I think actually, I would actually argue that feminism is better for the health of the population as a whole, but it does mean that some men, for example, because uh, more women entered the workforce, there's less jobs available for men and then men get 
men at the bottom of the hierarchy. Men have to compete more or be more competitive. Men have to compete more and they have to do that. So like, it's not, but at the same time, having a population of educated women makes our entire workforce stronger, right? You have a bigger pool Mm. of talent, et cetera. So as a population, it probably makes us healthier if you include women in that population, but even the population of men, but as like individual actors, it might make some men worse off. Yeah. But no, my point being that like, um, you, yeah, you shouldn't make feminism into a sales pitch. Um, we're not like, personally, I'm not really interested in like trying to persuade men. Um, I I, like, they can either come along with us or they can be left behind. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it is at this point. Like we're going to go advance our own interests. We're going to do what's beneficial to us. And the men who don't give us that or the men who are unable to provide that, they're just going to get left behind. We're just not going to choose those men. It's become apparent that the all lives matter approach to feminism has just been a complete failure because the the needs and wants and desires of the dominant group will always take precedence over the oppressed group. It's not. And and yeah, this is this is why feminism, if it does benefit men, that should be a byproduct. It shouldn't be a goal because feminism is for women. Yeah, and I, and that's why liberal feminists a lot of times like they they're almost shapeshifters, right? Like they they there's a lot of politicians and like prominent like celebrities and stuff who push one agenda and then when like uh push comes to shove, they like flip-flop. I think Lena Dun- Dunham yeah. was one of those people who famously did that is after me too started coming out and somebody accused someone she knew of sexual assault then she starts saying this is one of those cases and like she put herself to be this like feminist paragon yeah you know and like so it's very like they're very shape-shifty because like they're always trying to uh i don't know play cool girl rather than like look at like whether or not as a group you're advancing the interests of women like they don't they don't want to stay on code so to speak and if anything even though we agree we sometimes disagree with certain aspects of radical feminists like the thing i'll always respect about them is how much they do not give a fuck at all (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i really respect uh you know south korean radical feminists for example like a lot of them are very um even though they're separatists, right? I really, really admire the fact that they don't give a flying fuck about what makes men happy. Like they are just the opposite of people pleasers. And I, I, I fucking love how hardcore they are. It's great. I want to be more like that. I want to channel that energy. I see them as role models. Yeah, they don't. I mean, the thing is, they end up a lot of times marginalized because they don't play the game, at least. Yeah. And also, sometimes they turn off women because, like, they're you know heterosexuality is like a blessing and a curse so sometimes when they're talking about like everyone throw down all your makeup and run away to this commune and we're gonna live in a female only commune and the rest of us are like yeah but like you know we like sex and stuff so i don't want to do that you know so yeah right so yeah <laughs> like i think that's cool and everything but like realistically and also you might have people that you like like you know i'm not gonna brand my brother i love my brother he's cool you know what i mean like so yeah. there it, it's a little bit uh they can go so far to the other side that it becomes a little bit harder for women to see any kind of practical application to their life and it's just why sometimes we're like we don't know where they're going with stuff but i admire not. their commitment to their principles though 100 percent. yeah yeah there we go yeah on to six, a woman who go around being female at men by menstruating and breastfeeding deserve punishment. Being all feminine at them. Um. <laughs> being all female. Femaling at them. being female. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Have you guys ever experienced, like, I mean, I've read, I've seen some stories floating around where guys have been, like, 
I think, repulsed by um, just the idea that women have periods. Was it? Was it the subreddit where? I, I think it was on the subreddit where there was a story, or maybe it was you, Ro, who said it. But yeah, I, I made a Twitter shit post saying uh, about like how the manosphere sometimes develops narratives around like female biology, and it was called the menstrual cycle of abuse, and it was like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like women choose. Yeah, women choose to have periods on purpose to deny men sex one week per year or something like that. I don't know. The reason I made that is because they usually a lot of times when you watch how manosphere narratives uh, get created is like a fundamental misunderstanding of female biology. They'll take one thing and then co- create all these conclusions around it, and then a lot of it has to comes down to like whether or not they have sexual access, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there was another thing, actually, no, I remember now, there was a story on the subreddit where um, I was reading a few days ago where a, a woman was like, she went to a guy's house and he got really pissed at her when she used the toilet when she was on her period. And I think she threw like her pad or tampon in the bin. And he said, oh, next time you should go to the sh- to the store down the road if you to need to out. pee on your period. And I was like, what the fuck? Like... Or like, no, you need to dispose of your pad or your tampon, like, on the corner street, like, on the corner store. He basically told her to go to the toilet when, um, like, at the shop, when she's on her period, basically. That's what he told her, because he just didn't want to see. Because he doesn't want to see her pad in the garbage can. Which she dug in the trash for, by the way. I'm like, I could see if she left it out unrolled on, like, the top of the trash, but... And his bin was overflowing as well, so he's not exactly the king of cleanliness anyway. Right. But anyways, no, some examples would be, like, when men think it's disgusting for women to breastfeed in public uh, because they think boobs are for sexy, you know, not for food. Like, boobs are literally for... For food. ...feeding children. <laughs> so, sh- you know, you're doing what your body's supposed to, right? But even that, um, the other thing, too, is... Uh, uh, so, a lot of times, women who are breastfeeding will find that their sexual desires kind of wane. Um, I know, I believe part, part of that is, like, a chemical response to, to breastfeeding. But a lot of these, like, uh, pregnancy books and a lot of these, like, um, new parents' books will talk about, like after the six weeks trying to force women to like have sex with men or that uh, men will, it's natural for men to get jealous that their babies getting all the FaceTime on the boob rather than them. <laughs> and there's like a lot of cultural narratives that comes from both like religious and secular media um, when it comes to m- women's biological processes being inconvenient to men's sexual desires and that it's somehow our responsibility to always override what our biological things are uh, our femaleness to meet their needs. And, that, and actually, not even just relationships. To accommodate their penis wants. Well, not even just relationships, but uh, workplace too, right? Because um, there is a, there's just a piece that was really great in The Guardian about uh, women who are going through menopause and then like how a lot of times menopause is used to discriminate against women in the workplace uh, um, because they may be suffering symptoms or even if they're not suffering severe symptoms, people just use it as like a, oh, well, obviously you're going to go through menopause. So like you can't be trusted to make rational decisions. Um, so women's biology is constantly held against us when it comes to inconveniencing people in the workplace, as well as inconveniencing men's sexual access to us in relationships. Yeah. Another one would just be the fact that in a lot of cultures, menstruating is seen as uh, dirty or unhygienic and like, you know, you got to go and separate yourself from society and, you know, until you're done having your period and then purify yourself before coming back, that kind of shit. So 
Yeah, there is a lot of stigma around, like, normal female biological processes. Which, by the way, I see as fucking miraculous, by the way. Um, these are literally related to women's ability to create life, and I think that they should be celebrated. I mean, I'm not going to go around free bleeding, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go around free bleeding, fl- free bleeding but... Um, yeah, we shouldn't be... Yeah, and I like wearing bras because I don't like my titties flopping around when I walk, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. Like, if you don't... we don't, You shouldn't have to wear a bra if you don't want to, but that's another reason where it's like women's breasts are obscene, right? I wear sports bras almost exclusively, and I love it. I'm going to be fully honest here. I'm quite like a... I'm quite busted. And ever since, like, lockdown, Ditto. I've just <laughs> completely given up on bras and it has been an absolute game changer i didn't realize how uncomfortable they actually are until i have to wear them to go to work they are such they're demon contraptions to be honest uh rule number seven uh women should always be grateful to men for everything including the bare ass minimum sorry that last bit is not in the rules it was just i just added that little bit on (laughs) by the way that's the implication that's the implication (laughs) That they deserve gold stars for doing literally anything. But, yeah. even, but, but even for literally doing nothing, like, you know the number of guys who have said, oh, men built the world as if they should be applauded for that, even though they literally had fuck all to do with whatever they're talking about that was built. Yeah, like, low-value scrotes used to send me DMs all the time on Reddit being like, what, men built the phone that you're typing that on, and it's like, <laughs> so fucking what? Like, should I be, like, every single post on Reddit? By the way, special thanks to the guy who designed this phone, like, but then continue on with my post. <laughs> oh, to men. <laughs> oh, to men. We bow to you, to men. But the thing about that is, like, they don't take credit for all the men who destroy half the world, right? Of which there are many more men... <laughs> There are many more men in that category than there are of men who've, like, done something great, right? So, like, for every Einstein, there's a Hitler. And for every, like, uh, men who who does something, like, heroic and brave, there's, like, millions just sitting in prisons because they, like, raped, murdered, and killed people. So it's, like, yeah. they only want to take credit for, like, half the job. And when I think about it, I'm, like, I wonder if we, we'd be much farther as a group of humanity if, like, we didn't have as many men that were doing the destroying and had more men who were doing the, the building. Because it seems like we only For get, sure. like, an inch of a net positive. Like, a tiny, tiny net positive every generation because there's probably way more men who are doing just horrible shit all the time. And then they don't educate women, so then women can contribute, right? And then they say, we look at us, we're amazing and cool. But then, well, yeah, you're the only people that are allowed to get an education. Yeah. Yeah, like, all the stuff that men invented during all of this, uh, you know, men built the world phase, like, pre-feminism, um, that was just because women, you know, Mary Curie, for example, literally couldn't go to university except, uh, she had to, like, stealth go to university, right? Like, she couldn't go, like, a ton of women throughout history, if they wanted to become a doctor, they'd have to literally disguise themselves as a man. So, yeah, women were just, like, not able to maximize their potential. So, yeah. Yeah, or they were... They were laughed out of academia. They weren't giving, they weren't given like credence on projects. I mean, there's just so many ways where it's completely open and like uh, accepted to just not give women any opportunities to even prove themselves, right? Or like if they were given, if they discovered something, a man might have been, I think there's times where only men could get patents and stuff like that, right? So yeah. they, could, they couldn't even men take credit have, for their own only work. Only men could have bank accounts, like. 
Yeah. Um, some of the most important discoveries that have been attributed to men, um, they've actually taken or stolen the work of women. So, for example, the discovery of DNA is often attributed to James Watson, and he did do a lot in the field, but it was actually a woman, like Rosalind Franklin, who, who first discovered the double helix structure of DNA but her name is not associated with that discovery. It's instead given to two men who um, instead... Didn't they get a so, Nobel Prize for that? Oh, I'm not actually sure. I don't I think, think they did. Watson and Crick, I believe? Yes, yeah, Watson and Crick, but it's still not really known that that DNA was essentially discovered by a woman. And I remember, Frank, um, there was... I think, I think it was like... Um, a, I'm pretty sure it was like Magdalene Burns who said that the reason why um, she was basically, you know, struck off the discovery record for DNA was because of her DNA, because she had XX chromosomes. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I thought that was quite a clever way to put it. Yeah. The woman's name is Rosalind Franklin. And actually now I remember the story that, of course, read it and like a lot of men online who saw the story were like, talking about the woke police like trying to correct history or whatever but yeah she was actually responsible yeah but yeah and then the other one that annoys me about this rule is the idea that like women should be grateful to men for being allowed to vote because it's men who gave women the right to vote like that, <sighs> they just did it so, through the goodness of their hearts these good benevolent men but the implication also of that is that well we can take away your right to vote at any moment if we wanted to kind of thing so it's Loki kind of a threat. Well, and, and, and to kind of keep relating this back to the relationship aspect of it, like that's why, you know, it's the same idea when it's like women, women are always supposed to express some kind of gratitude for men like parenting, right? It's always like if a man babysits his kids, first of all, you can't babysit your own kids, your parent, um, then women are supposed to be grateful for that. If a man like doesn't run off with his secretary the moment she turns 38, they're supposed to be grateful for that. If a man, uh, basically men treating women like human beings, yeah, people, they expect basic gratitude for not always being selfish, right? Yeah, the bar for yeah. men is so low that, uh, you know, even just basic human, it's almost like men being shitty is like a given. And then when they are not shitty, it's like, wow, he's such a great guy. This yeah. what annoys me. Like the other day, I saw a post on, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was Ask Men, and it was a guy saying how, um, you know, like I think his girlfriend had experienced trauma, so they were gonna have sex. She starts crying, and he just he comforts her and doesn't ask her for sex, and they cuddle, and she was like, "Oh, thank you so much for being understanding that I don't want to have sex," and I was literally like. The bar is still with Hades. Like, he doesn't Like, oh my get... gosh, thank you for not raping me. Like, you're such a great guy. <laughs> Literally. It's sad, oh, honestly. Yeah. Literally, the bar is still in Hades' ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I gotta come up with, like, a go-to list. Of, side note, I have to come up with a go-to list of all the, like, uh, when the bar is in hell jokes. Yeah. That the locations <laughs> where the bar is. <laughs> Yeah, like, where the bar is so low it got melted by the magma of Earth's crust. <laughs> <laughs> the bar is so low, anyway. even Hades can't find it. It is dead of hell. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but earlier, but just to call back to earlier when you're talking about, like, men taking credit for women's discussion, or when you're talking about, like, men, loser men taking credit for the things that successful men have done. I've noticed that, yeah, men always love to take credit for, like, Einstein or Tesla and so on. 
Um, but they never want to, it's all, whenever a man does something shitty, it's like, well, not all men. And like, right. men, you know, not all men are like that. They don't want to, they don't want to take responsibility for that. Most men aren't geniuses either. So <laughs> I'm going to do that every time a man accomplishes something. Be like, no, not all men. No, <laughs> not all men are smart. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. And when a woman does something bad, it always devolves into generalizations about women. Right. Like, yeah. you know, a story about a woman like killing her kids. Oh, well, women are, do more child abuse than men. Or I don't know. Like th- they'll always find a way to generalize and blame when women for something that a, a single woman did like females, behaving or whatever yeah but when a woman does something good or accomplishes something they it's not seen as uh a reflection of women as a class so i just wanted to point that out that true. standard true but yeah anyways next rule men are whatever men say they are and women are whatever men say they are well it kind of goes back to my earlier point where men get to define their image and but men get to also define what women's image is right if they want to say that they're responsible for everything and ignore all of the times that they're actually destructive then men are men are this men are noble men are this but like if you try to point out all the times that they're not that uh whatever standard they try to or whatever propaganda they're pushing about about the male sex then they accuse you of saying that like you're you're a woman you can't possibly understand what it's like to be a man you're not logical enough to understand like what we're saying but when it comes to when women are expressing our needs and our view of the world they always feel like their idea of what women are trumps what our ideal idea is of ourselves and that's part of why fds exists because like that's us like punching through narratives that we feel like are just male crafted narratives. Yeah. And yeah. I see this a lot when um men like who proclaim themselves high value. Like in terms of value for example, right? Like men will be like I am high value because XYZ, but then I go to the gym. I'm fit. Because athletic. I go to the gym or cuz I have a job or whatever, right? <laughs> but then men are so quick. You know the whole system of rating women on a scale of 1 to 10, right? Like men see themselves as like the arbiters of their own value and the arbiters of a women's value. And it's so funny to me when men get offended when women one define ourselves as high value even if like men don't find us sexy or whatever. Like a woman saying oh, I got a PhD, and, like, she's proud of herself, men will be like, I can't fuck your degree, you know? So, you know, they don't allow women to define ourselves in terms, you know, like, say I got a PhD and I'm proud of it because it's going to help me. Like, that's not relevant to men. They, they don't see that as having value. Um, but then if a woman says uh, that a man, <laughs> like, men get so offended when we label men low value, right? Like, they see it as oh my god you're dehumanizing men oh my god this is a hate crime they act like they've been subjected to a fucking you know crime against humanity if someone says that they're low value yeah and um to kind of bring it back to the relationship aspect too um you know we talked about this in like the coercive control episode about how men are often uh more sympathetic to men and uh in positions of and people who have positions of power they allow men to control the narrative of, of a situation even when they're clearly in the wrong and when they're being abusive and controlling. So it's like men are always taken, men's word is always taken as the objective truth. Yeah. As face value, whereas women always have to. As face value and women are not trusted. Right. Exactly. So women aren't able. So the way that a woman might describe a situation, the way a situation makes her feel the object, even if she like tries to, uh, describe things as objectively as possible about this person following them, her at work and all the other types of control they're trying to exert on their life. It's still not taken as 
as valid as a uh, viewpoint of the world as a man's yeah, exactly. view is. Yeah. They're always like, are you sure you aren't seeing it wrong? Or are you sure it could be this? Or it's always a misunderstanding or something, right? Like It's always a misunderstanding. And, you know, <laughs> even going back to, you know, the stories like, you know, Eve with the apple or, you know, pa- Pandora and that kind of shit, right? So... <laughs> Let's talk about those lies. Let's but, talk about you know, those like, lies. Seen, but go ahead. <laughs> women have been coded as like dishonest or inherently deceptive or, you know, immoral since like literally like the founding, like all of the stories in m- most cultures have some kind of story about women being at fault or the cause of all the things that are bad in the world, basically. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Wait, why did you laugh when I said Eve with the apple? I don't know my Bible story, so you Bible queens can tell me oh because there's so many um now savannah help me out here because it's been a while (laughs) so uh since i've done any of the religious things but like the entire uh story of eve uh in addition to um the fact that she was like the one that the snake convinced to eat the apple and that was used as justified because she didn't like she like usurped adam's authority um, by going behind his back and there's like a whole narrative about um, this is why women are supposed to be submissive to men, et cetera, et cetera. So like, yeah, they, they set up these kinds of stories to always make it seem like uh, women are like the primary cause of men's misbehavior. Adam was a total little bitch, by the way. Like when <laughs> the, the story goes that God came strolling in the garden after they'd had their little mun- illegal munchies and he says to Adam... <laughs> why are you eating an apple and adam literally throws eve under the bus and says she did it like she made me do it um but actually and this is and this then why does he have an adam's apple in his lion ass throat (laughs) (laughs) i just as an aside this is kind of what i took away from the story growing up was that adam got the harsher punishment for a reason because he should have known better so yeah wait why did he get a what was the punishment the punishment is it was childbirth but yeah the punishment for men actually i actually yeah. scratched that i take that back the punishment for men was that you have to work <laughs> that was the punishment <laughs> for men <laughs> get a job yeah get your ass to work that's what god said but then women got the pain of childbirth <laughs> <laughs> which he might have been right i mean yeah he might have been right about all along because we all know about what happens when men like don't have shit to do Right? They start, like, figure out women, like, ways to antagonize women. Or just be a piece of shit, yeah. And, like, why everything's women's fault. And and then God was like, yeah, you need to get your bitch ass to work now. (laughs) (laughs) You can't be sitting around here freeloading, (laughs) eating up all my fruit. (laughs) Like, okay, I'm convinced that the whole reason why ancient peoples built fucking pyramids and ziggurats and shit was because in early civilizations, like, the like growing wheat you're only really busy like two times of the year in the spring when you're sowing the seeds and in the fall when you're harvesting it those two times are very labor intensive but in between you got lots of spare time and i'm just imagining like a bunch of guys sitting around an agricultural community with nothing better to do and just like starting shit and so the leaders are just like you know what okay we need to find a job for these men kind of yeah (laughs) we're gonna start building pyramids and ziggurats because you know having all these guys with nothing to do is like you know a cause of social instability yeah men aren't really neutral as a force they're either like extremely positive or extremely negative it's good with the bad so like society it behooves society to find some positive outlet for them 
Yeah, it's like when you have a dog that's like just destroying shit and ripping things, and the, you know, the dog trainer is just like you have to like give them a job. Yeah. You have to like <laughs> they they need something to do, right? Like you got to walk them. Basically, you gotta, like, yeah. Give them tasks, mental stimulation, whatever, right? Like that's what they're like. You got to find a way to uh, direct that energy. Anyways, we're getting off topic, but basically, so that's yeah. part one of the sixteen rules of misogyny. The second part will be on our Patreon. So if you if you'd like to hear us yes. discuss the remaining eight rules, please subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. All right, so that's our show. Please check out our Patreon for part two. Patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. You can also sign up for our website, which is popping right now. Uh, if you want to continue the discussion uh, at the female dating strategy.com. Also follow us on Twitter at fem.strat. Thanks for listening, Queens. And to all you loser scrotes out there who think you built the world, you are still useless. Damn mad. See you next week. <laughs>